Welcome back to theyoungministry.com, to another blog and to another podcast. Welcome to those who accessed the podcast through the Be Young Ministry YouTube channel and the Be Young Ministry Rumble channel. Today we continue in our study of the Gospel according to Paul, the book of Romans. We're in chapter 9, verses 6 through 9, which reads, It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Nor because they are all descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return, and Sarah will have a son. That's Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 9. Today, we continue our study of Romans chapters 9 through 11, where the main topic is the sovereignty of God. In the first eight chapters of Romans, the Apostle Paul has dealt with a variety of doctrines, which... In Romans chapters 9 through 11, he expounds upon. Whereas Romans 9 is about the past history that the people of Israel had with God, Romans 10 and 11 are about Israel's present and their future with the Lord respectively. In verse 6 of today's passage, we read, It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all are descended from Israel, are Israel. Since Israel largely rejected God's Son, it appears that the purpose of His word to change their hearts failed. But this is not the case because God's promise to all of Israel, who did believe, succeeded. The rejection of Christ by the majority of Israel does not negate the promise of God to the minority. In fact, God still extends the Abrahamic covenant to all who would believe in the Lord Jesus as our Savior. God's choice to save anyone is not based upon physical descent or human merit of anyone. Abraham did nothing meritorious before he was intercepted by God in Genesis chapter 12. God does not operate on the basis of who we are related to or any other human connection. God's choice does not operate on the basis of human perfection. No one works really hard at being good enough to earn the favor of God. God only operates on the basis of the faith that we choose to place in the Lord Jesus Christ. Interestingly, like his grandfather, God intercepted Jacob long before he did anything meritorious. Before he was known as Israel, he was known as Jacob. The name Jacob means deceiver, and the name Israel means prince with God. God named him Israel after Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night, one night. God made Jacob the deceiver into Israel the prince. But those who are Israel's descendants cannot necessarily claim the promises that God gave to Israel because salvation is not inherited. 
It is a free gift from God received by those humble enough to believe that God is faithful and true. In verse 7 of today's passage, we read, Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In Genesis chapter 18 and verse 10, we read, And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. For Sarah, Abraham's wife, to have a child at the age of 90 was a biological miracle. Yet, that was God's promise to them in this verse. The birth of Isaac involved God's own supernatural activity, and his promise was based on what he did, not upon what Sarah and Abraham would do. As I'm sure you know, Abraham had another son, Ishmael, the son Abraham had with Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar. Ishmael was born 13 years before Isaac. By rights, he should have inherited the promises that God made to Abraham, but he didn't. Instead, Isaac inherited those promises. Ishmael stands as a symbol of the futility of expecting God to honor our ideas of how he should react to our attempts to aid his work. The circumstances around the birth of Ishmael were sketchy. According to Genesis chapter 16, Sarah said to Abraham, Do you expect God to do everything? He has promised you a son, but you are getting old. Time's wasting. Surely God doesn't expect you to leave it all up to him. To this, Sarah suggested that her husband follow a pagan act of taking Sarah's Egyptian maidservant and having a child with her in hopes that the child would be a boy. Of course, Hagar then conceived and bore a son whose name was Ishmael. According to Genesis 17, Ishmael was brought before God by Abraham who said, God, here is my son. Will you fulfill your promise to him? God responded, no, I won't. That is not the one. He must come by divine promise. Abraham and Sarah had misunderstood one caveat in the promise God had given them. God would do it miraculously so that they would not mistake that he did it. God is committed to do only what he has promised to do. In verse 8 of today's passage, we read, In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. Again, according to Genesis 18, God gave Abraham and his wife Sarah a promise which turned into a biological miracle. God supernaturally gave the couple a son in their old age. Abraham sired another son, Ishmael, and God gave them Isaac. But the promise was not to the firstborn, though that's what the culture demanded, that the firstborn would get the inheritance. But it skipped the firstborn, went to the secondborn, Isaac, the son of promise. He was the son of promise because he believed. 
Same with Isaac and Rebekah. They had two kids, Esau and Jacob. Esau, the firstborn, should have gotten the inheritance. He didn't. It went to Jacob. It is true that the Bible teaches that God elected us. On the other hand, he implores us to believe in him. He holds us responsible for selecting him. He predestines and he calls. But then we have to decide to believe. In verse 9 of today's passage, we read, For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return, and Sarah will have a son. God makes choices based on his sovereign will. This doctrine is called election or predestination. According to the scriptures, believers in Christ were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. And yet, God says we must choose. This is one of those mysteries that we will only understand in eternity. But we can be greatly encouraged that our eternal security is guaranteed by none other than the God of eternity. God's election is always a matter of his grace. He doesn't elect based on what we deserve. He's not arbitrary in his choices. If God acted only on the basis of our righteousness or the false idea that we deserve it, no one would ever be saved. The gospel of the grace of God is the message everyone needs. Everyone. The word of grace is proclaimed from every page of the Bible and ultimately revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The last verse of the Bible summarizes the message from Genesis to Revelation. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. In John chapter 1, verse 16, we read that through the Lord Jesus, we have all received grace upon grace. His is the only kind of grace that we all hunger and thirst for. His grace is the gratuitous and undomesticated kind of grace that liberates us into being the sons and daughters of God. And for those who would find fault with God, that all are not saved, I would simply quote John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. My friends, I trust this blog and this podcast are helping you in your walk with the Lord. If I can be of further assistance to you, shoot me an email at beyoungministry at gmail.com. Hey, have a great day.